0: gain Experience. I am Josh Edelman, and uh, we have a very special episode today. Joining me is uh, one of the people who's most near and dear to my heart. Uh, in fact, I spent five years making a documentary about him, and then another year suing a person because of that documentary. Uh,
1: Al Lubel. Al. Uh, thank you, and I'd like to, if you could, make it clear that the person you're suing is not me.
0: Oh, yeah, the person I'm suing is not Al. I would never have the person I'm suing on the podcast. Um, I was just thinking, you know, uh, I was just thinking while I was saying that, like, do you think you'd be better off, do you think you're better off with the documentary having come out or if I had just given you all of the money that I'd spent (laughs) working on this documentary (laughs) directly to you instead?
1: Uh, I think I'm better off with it uh, coming out because uh, yes, th- great to have that cash, but I'd feel guilty. Why did you give me cash for nothing?
0: Yeah, no, I wouldn't I would, I would. wouldn't have done that. The, it would have forwarded my career absolutely zero to have just given you the cash. And as much right. as I love you and did this for you, I, re- I really ultimately probably mostly did it for me. I wouldn't True. have done it if there was nothing in it for me. True. As and- altruistic as people sometimes treat me like I am for having done it.
1: No, of course you thought yeah. You, know, you can always find some uh, healthy selfishness in anything that's altruistic, you know, at least. But uh, interesting that uh, so your hypothetical is not grounded in any kind of reality whatsoever.
0: Well, yeah, I never would have given you the money. I, the hypothetical is grounded in the reality that the money was spent, and it was spent largely on you. Right. But, but you I have you have none of that money.
1: Right, but it was really, as you said, really spent on you because you were trying to benefit from it,
0: but also you benefited from it. I did you definitely did, yeah, I think so would would you say that you've benefited the most from it of everyone? You don't have to really deal with the problems of it I've had and it's been nothing but like mm-hmm. like uh, like the only person I think that you could really say has benefited a comparable amount would be me, but I am. So many thousands of dollars in the hole on this at this point. I don't even want to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, and uh, it really did. I mean, you said to me once that you felt like it wrote like it. You you compared it to that that uh, Robin Williams, Robert De Niro movie Awakening. Like you were in a coma and then I woke you up from your coma and that you're going to go back into the coma.
1: Yeah, well, I think the making of it definitely helped wake me up a little from the coma. I mean, just getting a lot of attention, you know, from you, filming it and having to be somewhere at a certain time, it gave me a little structure. So uh, that helped. And then there was that period after it was done when I went back to sleep. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then
0: until it came out.
1: Then it came out, and that helped me a bit. I'm not so sure. I know it's helped me, but I don't know. I can't quantify how much it's helped me, but uh, I'm definitely better off for having had it done. And it's also fascinating to watch it, like watching it at the screening. Uh, you know, I, it's, now that has been some distance, it's been like six, seven years since you filmed it, right?
0: Since we started filming
1: it. Right, you started in the, uh, like, June of 2016 or...
0: April, uh, April or May of I 2016. Either, I think it was either, I think we, I approached you or actually. In the fall of 2015. Yeah, yeah. So 2015 was the like initial conversation. Right. I'll have to check the, um the 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 legal Sorry. filings to know the exact dates <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of right.
1: everything. But my point is, I, I feel like I'm, you know, seven years has gone by, you know, and like in seven years, they say your cells have completely changed, mm-hmm. you know, and uh I do feel a lot different in a lot of ways. It's like another guy on that screen in some way. So it's more interesting to watch it now. And a lot's
0: happened. A lot's changed in your life since then. I don't know. Has it really? Your your mother passed away. Yes, that's true. That was a major thing. That's true. Um, I mean, she's, you know, a central figure. In everybody's life. Right. And then mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, I don't know any comedian who does as much material about their mother and their act. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit about mine and mine, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even touch touch the tip of the eye. You could do, you do the whole hour on your name. I'm pretty sure you could do an hour on your mom. I think so. For sure. Have you thought about that? Maybe the next one?
1: Yeah, I've had some. Yeah, I don't know. Like That's the, a good idea. I've, yeah, I mean, I have stuff. That is a good idea to do that. Yeah.
0: Maybe that'll be the Edinburgh yeah i I don't think
1: i'd have the. yeah it's possible i don't yeah i'm kind of lazy i don't think i'd really want to strain myself to get it together you
0: just want to add the two more minutes to your name bit right you're like i've got i've got i've got one year i can add two minutes to the to the hour i did at edinburgh last year
1: (laughs) that's why i don't want to go back this year i think i don't think i really want to maybe i can get your advice on that right now i mean uh what your thoughts are I like your idea for the title like you know the title the title was Alibell talks about his name for 56 minutes and about something else for 4 minutes that's what I did last year but I was going to then call it this year Alibell talks about his name for 57 minutes and about something else for 3 minutes right and then you said put on the poster from the star of last year is Alibel talks about his name for 56 <laughs> minutes and about something else for 4 minutes so it's a funny poster but I don't know if it's worth it and and they they gave me a room and I'm not sure if I'm going to take it but uh they gave me a room in the same building right across the hall, the same exact size room. So almost like I'm in a par- – if I do the show again, it's like I'm in a parallel universe, you know, of a, the same kind of room, the same building, the same show virtually. And I don't know if I really want to do that again. Well,
0: it's tricky. I feel like you should do it if I'm there. Right. I feel like that'd be good. I feel like here's – honestly, and it's funny to be talking about this on the podcast, but, you know, I, I still want to – I still very much want to uh, make, make your special – and I think something that would really make sense, especially as if we were able to be in Edinburgh together and I could watch your show and like part of directing a special is becoming so intimately familiar with the material that I know like what's the best way to put it all together. And then also to just kind of work with you to get the special like the exact way we should do it. Not like write anything, but just kind of be like, I think this right. will be the best version of this. No,
1: that's a good point. But the problem is the odds of this happening are low, right? Because uh, if I you may not get in Edinburgh, I know, right? and so if I I, mean, I don't it's
0: looking like I'm not
1: at right, the moment. and so I don't want to keep saying I'm going when the odds are you're not going, you know, because I want to give this guy as much note as possible if I cancel. Well,
0: I could go, I could go into the paid Edinburgh thing now, right? Probably have time to do that. Yeah, you do. We can figure this out later. This is actually kind of is uh, sort of what uh, another podcast i had talked about doing with you is is uh, the podcast where we talk about your very small problems mm-hmm. but we spent like a whole hour <laughs> discussing one like like a text message you sent or something that you're worried right. about right because you call me right. i will call me and we'll have these long hour long conversations about how someone didn't reply to an email that uh <laughs> mm-hmm. that that you sent them two hours ago and you're like do they hate me is this mm-hmm. is this I think I think they're sending assassins to kill me. Right, right. You've gotten to the point the I remember you called me once um I was in Las Vegas at the time. I remember where I was and uh you called me and you were like, "Hey, I was just thinking." This is like a year after the documentary came out. You're like I was just thinking, you know. I don't like some of the things I say about the hotel in Atlantic City. You think they're seeing this and sending assassins out you're, to kill me? And you were very serious. <laughs> you know what my way of dealing with you with the, those things are, Al? Right. Pretending like what you're saying is true, so mm-hmm. you could hear how ridiculous it sounds. Uh, okay. I feel like when I say something, when I when I tell you you're right, then you hear it, and then you're like, no, that's right.
1: Ridiculous. Right. You're right. That's a good point.
0: If I if I if I'm combative. That's uh, kind of like how I tricked you into doing the podcast today.
1: Right. How did you do that? I
0: said, you said, you probably don't want to do this tomorrow, but uh, I was wondering if you'd like to come do right. this podcast. Like, yeah, I'll do that. Right, now. right, right,
1: right. <laughs> it's true, yeah.
0: If I said, hey, do you want to come do this podcast? You're like, no.
1: Right. Well, it's human nature, you know, the whole uh, I know thing, It's like, your nature. It's your human nature.
0: Right, right. Nature. <laughs> um, what uh, – <laughs> So Al, you can out. still
1: drink coffee late in the afternoon like that. Is that? I right? was
0: falling asleep. If, if uh, truth of the matter is, I don't even want to do this pod. I yeah. don't want to do this podcast right now. But I don't know when I'll get the next opportunity to record a podcast with you. Okay. So I
1: don't. I, I, honestly, I don't want to do it either. Yeah, yeah. But yeah we're doing. It. <laughs> I I know, hoping-
0: I know you don't want to do it. <laughs> 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 I, 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 in theory, like ethereally, you know, you know, I, 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 I want to do this podcast. I just don't want to do it right now. Same but this is the only chance really that I can think of to do the podcast
1: right but I wish I was you like uh, I wish I, I'm very tired I, I could have caffeine right now but I can't I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight if I have it at this hour
0: yeah no I might and- not sleep tonight but I'm making that choice because I wanted to do the podcast I would literally okay. I literally would be asleep right now if you didn't come over I played uh, I played Pickleball this morning It's like a Tennessee Type sport mm. And then
1: uh, and then Tennessee I went... The state of Tennessee No, no tennis Oh a Tennessee like a
0: Tennis <laughs> Tennis-esque <laughs> Oh that's sport. funny Tennessee sport Okay uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, And then I went to uh, And then I went to breakfast And ate a bunch of pancakes So it's like I you're exercised so, I'm so jealous And then had a bunch of sugar you're, you're so, so like I got home And I was like I
1: You're so, so alive I resent that I no, don't I resent I might, it I might
0: be I, might, I, might be I used
1: to be alive too When I was in my you 30s are, You are alive it. No, I'm yeah. just like a ghost. I can't play pickleball. I can't move on my hip. You know, I've had the hip replacement and uh well, you give it time. I'm still not recovered.
0: So but- Al uh, Al needed to get hip replacement for about ten years. Right. Should have got it ten years ago.
1: Right. Although I was thinking about they say it lasts from ten to fifteen years. At this point, it might have already been no good. I might have needed another one at this point.
0: So, so you think you got this is like the end of the last ten years? You got the you need to get two hip replacements.
1: Well, hopefully, my point is they said to me now. I guess their technology is better. They told me this should last about twenty years. Okay. So I might, uh, you know, this might last me till I'm dead.
0: Now, no, I don't get that. So, so it's like some human beings' hips—they're natural, you know, cartilage bone hips lasts their entire life. Right. Uh, but you get it replaced with like a technological metal. Know, what, what's your sure. hip made out of?
1: I don't even know. Maybe you believe that? I forgot to ask. <laughs> I so think it's titanium. Y-
0: you have a titanium hip, but your titanium hip will only last 20 years.
1: Well, you know what the, the, the reason I think is? Yeah. Is that, see, the muscles have been messed up because of the bad hip. My pelvis is twisted. Mm. And they warn me when I get hip replacement, you may still limp forever because the muscles may not come back to functioning because they've atrophied and changed the way they, you know. And so looking at my x-ray, yeah, my pelvis is twisted still. And my my muscles are still, the point is the muscles the could fuck the hip up. The joint is a good thing. But because the muscles are fucked up, they're going to fuck my hip joint up. And the, this metal thing, this titanium thing, just like it fucked up my real hip.
0: Now, what's also crazy is while you had the bad hip instead of the new right. bad hip, when you had the old bad hip before you got this new bad hip.
1: And by you, the way, let's be clear. It's not really a bad hip, this this new bad hip. It might function you, well. You
0: have a bad body with a good hip.
1: Right. So they, and I have, have, to, do all, I have they, to do all this rehab to try to adjust my muscles to gotta, the good hip.
0: You gotta get muscle replacement.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I like that. Do they
0: have muscle replacement?
1: That's funny, no. <laughs> you no. need muscle replacement. That's great. I wish, see, this, this bothers me. I wish can, I had thought of that.
0: You, you can have you it. You beat me.
1: I don't want it. I want it from myself, not from you. Have you ever used- You have tainted it by thinking of it before have me.
0: Have you ever used a joke someone gave you?
1: Yeah, I have back in the- what, What's- uh, But nothing really comes to mind. I mean, uh, I know I have used a little, but I don't think I, mean, I have nothing in my act right now where uh, it's anyone else's. But- uh, it's a problem for me because I want it to come from me, you know. Hmm. That's you know. Interesting.
0: I, I mean, I guess I, I still use things occasionally that people give me. Sometimes I get mad at like Dano will sometimes have a great joke, and then I'll be like, "Oh, you're not a comedian." Can I use that? And he goes, "No." <laughs>
2: That's funny. <laughs>
0: oh, really? I yeah, would have yeah. thought he would have said yes. He has a, well. He well normally, but he has a joke I like where he he goes uh, he goes Mad Cow Disease or Genius Cow Disease. I think that's pretty funny. That's funny, right. (laughs) I don't know where I'd use it. I'd like the opportunity. But what does that
1: really mean? I I get it. Like, uh, oh, mad versus a mad genius?
0: Mad genius. Like, is he mad or is he a genius? Right. Like, it's mad cow disease or genius cow disease. Right. But I think it's funny because it's disease. Right. It's not actually.
1: Right. Yeah, I like that. But I had to think about it. It reminds me of one of my jokes because you had to think about them a lot. And sometimes- I know
0: you're you have the headiest jokes of anyone I know that requires the most focus, and yet <laughs> you're also the worst at paying attention to other people's jokes or processing <laughs> them of anyone I've ever met.
1: <laughs> right? Because to create my jokes takes such energy, so, I have nothing yeah, left. You have
0: nothing have In fact, in <laughs> fact, uh, I I've argued with people, or I've talked to people, and I go, I go, Al's like, what if you took every ounce of energy you had, every every speck of motivation and everything, and putting it, in, put it into writing jokes so that you've used all your power on that and you have nothing left for anything else. Mm-hmm. You don't have it for showering, you don't mm. have it for getting clothes, for finding mm. money, getting from place to place. You're just like a blob mm. that writes jokes.
1: Right, but that's not really true because I was like that before I wrote jokes. I really was, you know. I've always been incredibly lazy. You found the one thing you like doing. I don't. I don't like writing jokes. I don't write them that much, really. I mean, I do yeah, give. You have
0: so you have such have a, an incredible wealth of material. Yeah, I guess,
1: but I don't sit there writing. I don't really write that much. I think of things, I jot them down, and then I try them sometimes. But I'm not always sitting. You're and kind writing. of like Marlon
0: Brando, you know. It's like I remember. I remember uh, there was this documentary about Marlon Brando, and they're like, he was the greatest actor ever and he wasn't even trying so right. like imagine how good he would have it's like al oh, you're you're, you're no, I'm you've got, you've got some of the most complicated intricate thoughtful jokes ever mm-hmm. And you weren't even
1: working But but that's not true then. I have tried. I mean, (laughs) I was trying to think a lot of these intricate, complicated jokes I thought of in England, you know, Mm -hmm. by doing Edinburgh, doing my one hour show. So I have tried when there's pressure on me and they say, you got to do an hour in Edinburgh. I've agreed to do it. Then I'm trying to create things. And then I know I can try it because I have my own hour but when i'm only doing 10 15 minute spots in the city i'm not motivated because a lot of, like you said a lot of my jokes are longer thought and i can i don't even have time to try it mm-hmm. number one and number two it's hard to do it in a 15 minute set because they've seen all these other comics and you're just and they don't have the you know the, the focus is not totally really on you and, uh, you know, they're thinking about the last comic who's next. I don't know. My point is that... That uh, you should go I, to Edinburgh. Yeah. So you're going
0: to have time to right. flesh out some new material.
1: Yeah. But again, but if I do the Alubel show, I won't be. I'll be just doing the same well, Alabel show. do shows. a different
0: show. Yeah, I know. But. And you, you start the show at the beginning of Edinburgh, and it becomes a evolved thing by the end. Yeah, I mean, that's what I found, you know, only having this experience now, the first time ever going on tour and doing an hour every night for a month, it was like... I had something at the beginning that was like a shell of what my act right, became. Right. And then by the end I'm like, all right now, this is like an actual fully structured hour with like a beginning, a middle, sure. and an end, which is what I really felt. I mean, you know, the, I still think remains my favorite time seeing you perform was uh, when you did the show you actually won the Amused Moose Award for. Mm-hmm. The
1: oh, right, Owl right. Alone. Right, right, right. That was the first one. And uh, yeah, that had a structure, I agree. And, uh, and it was based on all these years of stand-up. You know, I took my stuff that I really liked and made it into a story. But, uh, yeah, the question is, Edinburgh, though, I'd have to decide on what the title, what the show's going to be about, you know, because it, it can't be, you know... C- like
0: Al, Al about my
1: mother? Al, what? Al about my mother? Al about my mother. Yeah, so then uh, it would have to be all that mother material. I'd have to create all that... Uh, Mother stuff. Well, you uh,
0: got it all.
1: I got stuff, but a and lot I of think, it- And I
0: think, you know, once you start doing but it- But I
1: used a lot of it already in the first and say so you're not really supposed to repeat too much of the material in another Edinburgh, you know?
0: Yeah, but you've done you've done your name stuff in every act you've ever done.
1: Yeah, but not a whole hour like I did last- I know, but, but, it was, but you like,
0: definitely repeated a lot of the stuff yeah, you've done in all. No, of I know you other.
1: repeat it, but again- <laughs> The mother, yeah, I don't know. The, in general, you can repeat a little in Edinburgh. I feel like
0: Mentally Al and Al Alone, when you did the Mentally Al show uh, in Edinburgh, wasn't that much different than
1: Which one was Al the... Alone. I forgot which one was the Mentally Al.
0: I feel like it was just Al Alone with a different title.
1: That wasn't the one... I don't remember. What year was that?
0: I think it was the next year.
1: Oh, okay, right. No, no, that was all new material. It just didn't have the structure of the first one. The, the structure had a good beginning, middle and was end.
0: mentally out when you started doing, started with the singing bit? Yes, like, that the was singing, the next year. That was, how uh, did you know
1: that? How did you know I was doing that the next, you saw me somewhere doing. Do I'm it?
0: your biographer. All oh, right, right. I'm your biographer. I'm your personal right. assistant. I'm your <laughs> right. uh, travel agent.
1: Right. right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, the same, I started with the singing thing and I had some Alu Bell jokes, but they weren't ones I fit into the first year. So there were different Alu jokes <laughs> and then I had homeless looking stuff and, all this other uh, stuff that doesn't come to mind right now, but it was a whole hour of other material that I didn't do the first year.
0: Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you did the name stuff again?
1: Different name. I had aloe belgics, but different aloe belgics that I couldn't squeeze into the first year.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, man, it would have been great to have been at both of those.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I was there.
0: So... I- You'll have a new show. You have so much material. I will see. I don't you know so if I, I don't know if I'm going to go do the, it
1: this year. I just don't know. It's a lot of money. Also, narcissistic it's
0: a, it's, personality disorder in me different than the other ones.
1: Yes, yeah, so I did two shows last year. One of them was called the Narcissistic Personality Disorder in Me. Mm-hmm. I did that every day at like 5:30 p.m. and then in 3 p.m. every day I did the Alibell talks about his name. And I thought it was funny that the Alibell show was actually more narcissistic than the narcissistic show. <laughs> <laughs> definitely,
0: definitely, wild.
1: In fact, a lot, there was a line that uh, I like. I had in the Narcissistic Personality Disorder and Me show. I said, I am a narcissist. The name of the show is The Narcissistic Personality Disorder and Me. And to show you that I am a narcissist, I'm actually thinking of changing the title to Me and the Narcissistic Personality
2: Disorder.
1: (laughs) Why should I come after the Narcissistic Personality Disorder? Mm -hmm. Me should be first. But uh, yeah, so I did those two different hours. And uh, what was your question?
0: No, I I don't know. Uh, Which one did you think did better?
1: Well, I think that definitely the Narcissistic Personality Disorder and Me got more of an audience, but that was in a better location. It was a place called the City Cafe. Do you
0: think it also got a better audience because people were afraid of sitting there and watching you talk about your name for a full hour?
1: Um, perhaps, not such afraid, but not wanting to do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't not wanting to do it be like a fear of boredom?
1: Not, not everything is based on fear. You're so neurotic.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you're right. Part of it would be fear. Part would just be dislike or the, the thought of being bored. It could be boredom. But a lot of people liked it for that reason. They like, especially comics, I think, liked it because they wanted to see a comic do that. Like it's an experimental, can he do it kind of thing. You know, it's almost like a circus act or something. But uh, I got some decent sized crowds there. But the, the room where that one was, it wasn't as good a location as the one with the narcissistic show was, you know, and purposely I did it that way. Cause I didn't think the Alubel show would draw as well as the narcissistic one, you know, even it's a narcissism, but it's still relatable to people. Everyone feels some narcissism and they want to hear about it. But uh, Alubel is more of an experimental type thing, but uh, I like the Alubel show better than the narcissism show. I mean, I really like doing the narcissism. I respect all that material, but if you talk about something that's really from the heart, it's the Alubel name show because that's pure narcissism. It's right. There's not, you know, Really from the heart. It's nothing observing other things in life that tie it to my narcissism. I'm not even going to life. I'm just going right to Alubell. I love I don't let life get in the way. I love it. And to show you how much I truly love that show and want to do it again, not necessarily in Edinburgh, but like in London, I'd like to start it up that show really feels like fucking me. I mean, it really. you know what? I'll tell you what. Because a reviewer came, and you read the review. It yeah, got yeah. a good review the, on Chortle. Uh, a
0: review with one person. He was the only person in the audience. Right. And you did the whole show just for him. Right. Which, in and of itself, felt like a work of art.
1: Thank you. And he, yes. And But you know what the great thing is? If I was just doing an act, like say the narcissistic person I understood in me, it'd be, it's very hard to perform it as one person, much less a reviewer. That's the worst situation, mm-hmm. right? But with the Alu Bell show, and I didn't expect this until I did it, I was totally comfortable doing, talking about my name for an hour to just him. You know why? <laughs> because it was so, it felt so, for, it's so super comfortable for me. I really like doing it because I like the purity of it. I'm not bullshitting. I just like, I like going on and on and on and on about it when you're not supposed to, especially. I love breaking the complete rule. Supposedly it's three jokes on a subject. I did like 180 jokes on a subject. That's a complete violation of the three joke rule.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have that in your act? No, you're you like just that? that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You <yeah. laughs> yeah, have yeah, the, the rule that uh, that the Carson Booker uh, right, said right. you in the documentary. Right, right. Three, uh, three. The jokes. Rule is usually three. All right. how, how about one hundred and eighty? <laughs> is it actually 180? I'm guessing. It might okay, be okay. more. Yeah, yeah, or less.
1: Right, but, yeah, but. but it's pretty much up there, you know? I mean, God, a whole hour of... So my point is, I love breaking the rule. I, I feel very good about... Viol- I love violate violating, you know? And then, so while I'm doing the act for him, I felt like I didn't feel any insecurity. I didn't care if he left. La- I wanted him to laugh, but I didn't care if he didn't. You know why? Because, yes, on the one hand, I'm doing my act for him. On the other hand, I felt I was assaulting him.
0: <laughs> With your comedy, yeah,
1: it's an assault because I'm constantly on the name. I know he doesn't necessarily want this. I know he's never seen anything like this before, and I love it. Like I know on a certain level, he's and giving. Then you got mad,
0: by the way. You expressed anger to me at one point that he didn't give you a five star review.
1: Yeah, because if you read, well, if you read, yeah, you really should. I am, uh, yeah, because if you read that review, it reads like a five star review, and this guy only gave me three and a half. What, what's going on there? That reads like a five star. I, you won't even see fi- some five star reviews, won't get as good a review as that in writing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think, and and this happens this happens sometimes with uh, when I go onto Letterboxd and look up reviews of the documentary, where I'll get four out of five or three and a half out of five, and then they write like a glowing thing. I think some people they just don't like you, <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> like, right. The, like the only criticism, the only criticism I'll see in the reviews of the
1: uh, documentary, of the
0: documentaries, uh, uh, he was an asshole. <laughs> 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 Seemed like an Asshole.
1: Right, right. Interesting. Yeah, that's horrible. I mean, that's- but
0: at the same time, Al, what, a, what a disaster your life would be. Like, well, like, what? If, what, I, well,
1: what let me, what let if, me just let me throw this in before I forget. I wonder if Hitler gets that for documentaries. There's <laughs> <laughs> a really brilliant
0: documentary about the Third what Reich. An Hitler guy! <laughs> just didn't like it. Three and a half stars. <laughs> Triumph from the pity. Zero stars. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, well, what I was gonna say is, it's like, oh, it's changed my life. What, what, did you say? what a complete disaster your life would be if you weren't good at telling jokes. I was thinking about this the other day, Mm -hmm. how much you benefit and you're like, how much people are willing to go out of their way for you because of <laughs> nothing else than you're really good at telling jokes uh, that I've written that you've written. <laughs> now my R- train- writing jokes. You're really good at writing. Jokes. I don't even know if you're as good at telling them as you are at writing.
1: Uh, interesting. So you think I might be better at writing than telling? You think I have a weakness in terms of delivery?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I don't think you have a weakness in terms. Sometimes I think you speak too softly.
1: Yeah, that's true. I Lacky. noticed
0: that, like, like when,
2: like,
1: like yeah. I
0: know, and I'm a loud talker in general anyway. But I, I noticed that uh, when we did the show at Accidental Chaos and those guys were making noise, it was harder to hear you because yes. you were competing with the ruffling of a bag. Right. Uh, whereas I, well, I can oftentimes just, I'll just sometimes when I'm performing and I hear someone making noise, I just speak louder. Yeah. I am. And it kind of drowns it out.
1: You know, but also there's that other argument: speak softer because it almost like encourages them to hear. To, they're noticing there's less noise, there's less sound coming on. They may shut up because yeah, you're talking lower. No, the, I know. Someone
0: walked in later and they high-fived each other right. and hugged and started having a conversation. I'm like, you own this place. I know. <laughs> right, I know.
1: Oh yeah, that's happened to me before. With the club owners, we're talking. The only two people were talking with. at the Boca comedy club you oh me. really yeah I was looking I was you know, the only t- the club owners are the ones that are
0: talking <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't want to chastise them right exactly try to have them removed right right can you have
1: yourself removed? <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> exactly. But what I was going to say is, I don't know if you noticed this. I did. Somehow it occurred to me to go louder that night at accidental Care And the mother material, remember? You did. I got you did. really and that started loud. doing really well. Yes.
0: That probably did the best of anything yeah, in the, the act. But
1: I don't know what it was that suddenly said, I said to myself, you have to get louder. What are you low for? Get loud. Because I see myself as like this low thinker kind of guy. But also, I like being loud. I do like you do, it. You
0: do. And and you, I, I don't want to knock your performance at all, because I, I was actually just thinking about this earlier, too, when you did uh, The Chicken Show that I saw Last you, night? No, no, no. Uh, this is like maybe two years ago when you were here. The Chicken
1: Show? The, How am I supposed to remember that? It, what the hell that? The show
0: there? had the title about the chicken in it.
1: Oh, yeah, the one-man show. Yeah, yeah. What that was my title. What was it called? I was it called? I oh, Chicken Bad, Do Not Eat.
0: Yeah, Chicken Bad, Do Not Eat. When you did that show... Um, uh, by the way,
1: I should tell that story. It's kind of funny, isn't it? Don't forget your idea, but I'll just say... Okay. The, my friends laughed at this. I didn't think it was funny, but I, looking back on it, I think it's kind of funny. I, I bought half a chicken, I guess it is. What's, what's half a chicken? Two legs and, mm-hmm. the, and the thing. And I, I ate a little of it, and then a couple of days went by, and I wasn't sure if it's still good. And this is the days before Google and everything. And uh, this 1987 or something. And I didn't know if it had gone bad. But I didn't know if it was still good either. And so I didn't want to throw it out because what if it's still good? But I didn't want to eat it because what if it's bad? So I, on a piece of paper, I wrote over the chicken, <laughs> chicken bad, do not eat, in case my roommates ate it and got sick. And then it's my fault. So someone pointed out that how absurd that is. They so you, you know? didn't just throw it out? Yeah, because I wanted to leave the option of maybe I would eat it, so I keep, <laughs> I keep my options alive with if chicken If you ate it,
0: you would have been, in, you would have everything you would have felt would have, like from that moment forth, any indigestion, anything, you would have freaked out.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, I might have created indigestion mentally. Yeah, in yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Me. Totally. Yeah. But what was, were you going to say about that show? Well, it's
0: funny. Before I go to that, uh, somebody I saw the other day was talking about how they, um, how they had a sex doll. <sighs> That they would like have sex with, mm-hmm. and uh, they went to throw it out, and then later they were talking about how I'd, how they had herpes, and I was like, when you like threw out the sex doll, did you put a sign on it that said yeah. like warning herpes? Like when people throw out a couch and say warning bed bugs or something, yeah, that, so people don't take the mattress. That's funny. And they should—they
1: <laughs> really should have written warning doll may have herpes
0: doll might have herpes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well doll has herpes
1: right just like well you like, don't know if she, the doll has I
0: guess it. you don't know it might lay dormant right in the doll. Right,
2: <laughs> right. right
0: before the doll flares up right.
1: <laughs> Right. Well, it's not really. See, now Joe, I forgot what I was talking about. You were at the Chicken Bad Do Not Eat show. You oh, were, oh,
0: oh, yeah. Um, you have this way, like this is this is the thing I like. Try to tell people, like, in seeing you perform. I don't want. I don't want to knock your ability as a performer at all, because like as a performer, you find ways to be funny, unlike anyone else I've ever seen. Just like noises that you make, mm-hmm. uh, uh it, like like. I, Chicken Bad Do Not Eat was one of my favorite shows I've seen you do because I All felt right. like I felt like you really stretched different like styles of how to be funny in mm. it. Oh, thank you. You know, it's like yeah. it's like I, I think I've talked to you about this before. It was like, um, Al Alone was my favorite like story of yours in like a mm-hmm. show, just telling felt felt like a really great like mm-hmm. Al alone was almost like what I tried to like have the doc sort of feel Mm. like in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And ironically, we called it Mentally Al, which is when you just did like your edgiest. (laughs) Like that one show that I saw you do, the first time I ever saw you do the singing thing. It was, uh, I always said, it was like your greatest hits of weirdest stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, Chicken Bad, Do Not Eat felt just like kind of, Almost like showing off, just the different, all the different ways you're able mm. to be funny. The the Alu Bell murdering. Um, you had some mm. great wordplay throughout. You had some things where you were just making noises. Oh yeah, yeah, like like the like the now <gasps> now oh, right. now when you do the breathing mm. in and out. There's. Mm.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I did that the other night.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the all the space. You didn't do. Bla- you haven't done black. Don't crack.
1: No, I have to squeeze that in. Maybe I, love,
0: I feel like Black Don't Crack is like... I feel like Black Don't Crack is the punchline that would have worked in that bit in all the shit rooms you did it in, where I felt like it didn't do poorly. And and uh, I am so lonely. get such a huge laugh every mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. But maybe there were like moments where I felt like the bit could have been doing stronger. And Black Don't yeah. Crack would have really hit.
1: I'll have to... I'll try it. I might do it tonight. Actually.
0: But you'll like, you'll like that my friend Rachel, who came to the Accidental Chaos show, literally said to me, like, she's like, I didn't want to like him, but uh, you got me eventually. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite thing.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. I don't know why I like it to be a struggle.
0: Yeah, you, you, like, you, like, you want people to hate you, and then, and then you want to turn them.
1: Yeah, I guess almost like the reverse relationship with my mother. She loved me, and I got her to hate me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then you wanted to get her to love you again no no no, no.
1: <laughs> you just wanted to be I wanted the, some distance equal yeah, I wanted yeah. some distance from her you know and hating her hating me gives me distance Did she, she
0: never hated you
1: no she could never hate me but she would hate the way I acted mm-hmm. and I, I'd, I'd make her hate me in order to keep her away from me a little because she was so uh, overwhelmingly Alan 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 wants to be close you know like uh, I, I would try to get her hate me to create some distance, create some separation. The separation she should have provided on her own as the parent.
0: We've talked a lot, but you should watch the documentary if you want to hear more on on that specifically. <laughs> um, okay, I wanted to ask you this. This is a, this is a question on my mind. What do you get recognized the most from now? Like people who. Like, either hear your name or see you. What do they, what What would you say is the thing they most, today, in today's day?
1: Yeah, it's hard to say because I don't think, it's very rare I get recognized. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it happens.
0: People know who you are. Because there are, 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 like, I mean, I guess for me, it's like there are times where I say, I made a documentary on this guy. They go, who? I'm like, you probably never heard of him. And then I'll say alibi. They're like, oh, yeah, I know him. I listened to him on WTF.
1: Oh, right, right. Okay.
0: That'll happen older people know you from Star Search sometimes
1: oh it actually happened did it happen in i was when i was driving Lyft 6 years ago she, the, a passenger might have listened to me. She goes, you? That's you? I was I was listening to that on WTF. You? That's you? You're driving Lyft? <laughs> <laughs> she seemed shocked that I was driving Lyft.
0: And then she went home and told her son he couldn't be a comedian. Right right, right, <laughs> right, right, I always say, it's like people ask me like, why'd you make the movie? I'm like, you know, there's so many movies out there about like successful comics like Robin Williams and Gilda Radner and mm-hmm. like, people watching They're like, I want to be a comedian. Well, I wanted to make a movie that. The comedians watched and decided to quit, right? <laughs> <laughs> and That's decided funny. to give up. <laughs> isn't worth, this isn't worth it. That's funny. Less, it's,
1: uh, it's really a, less competition for me. It's really a movie to encourage people to be Lyft drivers,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny because it's like, uh, I remember feeling when I was editing the movie that you driving for Lyft at the end of the film, I was like, look. This movie even has progress. Al grew as a person. Right. He's working. He got the menial job to support himself. I was like, I was like, it's a hopeful film. And then the movie was released, and people were like, "Can't believe he's driving for a Lyft." <laughs> 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 so sad.
1: <laughs> oh, interesting. Right? Yeah, that's true. It, it, it can look like oh, that's funny. Yeah, people could think that it's a failure.
0: But uh, I mean, I think
1: you know, I think it's. Maybe because it wasn't Uber. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's more of a, it's more of a condemnation, I think, on the fact that here's somebody who's so talented and so good at what they do that uh, mm-hmm. that they have to uh, drive for Lyft.
1: Well, were, were you like listening to
0: yourself in the car on Mark Marin?
1: Well, that's how I felt about it when I was driving for Lyft. What a tragedy this is. Yeah, but. Uh, did I ever listen to myself in the car? No, no, when
0: the person said that was you, you weren't you weren't listening no. to it. Oh, no. Oh, okay. But that would be a
1: narcissistic thing to do. No, how could I have, uh, get? you mean get the radio to play it or how would I even listen to it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You and technology. Yeah, I would never, <laughs> I would never be able <laughs> to do that. The only thing
0: stopping that from happening is you figuring out how to do it.
1: No, no, not no, really. I'm kidding. I, I'm, I'm kidding. It's strange. Like, I don't really, I don't like watching myself much. I don't like listening to myself much. I'm you like not. watching the documentary yeah well I'm for it. I'm in the theater you know I, I don't it's not the kind of thing I like watching at home you know when uh but yeah, I like,
0: Well, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's more about experiencing it with other people like yeah. I, I'll tell you like I dreaded I was mm. dreading watching it the other day mm-hmm. uh, in the theater and then um
1: it ended up being uh yeah pretty good I didn't dread it but I was shocked that I was enjoying it you know I was shocked I was not being bored and uh you know, I mean, it definitely helps seeing it on a big screen to draw you in and your focus. You know, I can't. But, uh, it's yeah, I'm just very curious how audiences are going to react to it. You know, and it wasn't a really big enough audience to get a complete readout on it, but it was decent enough. It was uh, 20 people, maybe? Yeah, or? it was
0: about the same size as the Accidental Chaos right. crowd, but decent. in a much bigger theater.
1: Right. You know, so it was it was enough to uh, just be curious to see how people would be reacting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel... Uh, what was the biggest boost from the film like for you afterwards?
1: That assumes there was a boost. I feel like That's there was. a leading question. You, you, what is the biggest boost? You, Why say you, you, is there a boost?
0: You expressed that 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 it was like an awakening. So I assume that there was some sort of I mean, how many people found out you weren't dead?
1: <laughs> You're right. I remember ten years ago I went to visit this agent I used to have in the '90s, and he was had his office out here in LA, and I went to visit him, and he seriously says to me, "I had heard you committed suicide." <laughs> <laughs> and what bothers me is he's he looking at me, he was looking at me, he seemed let down. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> it was like I ruined his like story of me, and story of me in his head is that the guy Alibel killed himself, and I ruined the story. <laughs> but I left him as an agent back then. And so maybe he was glad. Maybe
0: I, he was open. He, he was like, good. fuck yeah, that guy."
2: Right.
1: <laughs> and then there I am back again. Yeah. You know? So
0: did uh, anyone hit you up like that? Found out, felt like they found out you were still around after uh, the doc.
1: Uh, yeah, there have been some people that got back, got in touch with me when they saw the documentary. And, uh, yeah, it definitely has awake. I'm trying to remember when it first came out, you know. I remember it being it woke me up also I was excited like you were working on it, you know, and when is it going to be released and all those kind of questions and so I was excited about that and then when I first saw it in that theater, I guess that's the first time I saw the in 2019 in that uh, LA yeah, it, Festival
0: November 2019. LA, LA for, Comedy Festival.
1: Yeah, I was like couldn't believe how much laughs it was getting from that audience. My god, I, And then Joby, my friend Joby said, you know, wow, I've seen a lot of comedy documentaries. I've never seen so much laughs from the comedian's material. Your actual Mm -hmm. jokes are getting laughs. And, uh, so I was impressed, you know, that it went over so well. So yeah, it definitely gave me a boost in terms of self-esteem and, you know, like something has happened that is a good thing and, uh that is not controlled by the gods of Letterman and the, the gods of Jimmy Fallon, the gods of <laughs> Stephen Colbert, the gods of Letterman, you know, if those gods don't shine upon you, there are you're some little, other gods. You're a little
0: bit, you're a little bit of, you're from a little bit of a bygone area era yeah there's like like none there's since there's no more leno and letterman right like, and i haven't like,
1: even tried to get on these other shows but you know i don't believe in the rules oh they don't want old guys yeah in general they don't but i think if i really pursued it my act is kind of young people like it it's a weird mm-hmm. strange thing i would actually do well on those shows now can you get through the gatekeeper? i've definitely
0: seen you struggle much more with older audiences yeah than you do younger audiences. But I also feel that that's in part your own fault because you do have a nightclub act. You just choose not to do it.
1: Yeah, well, uh, well, you mean more normal, some normal... Yeah, t- you I
0: could, like I've always said, you could do Seinfeld. Right. But you choose to go weird. But why would I want to do Seinfeld? Why would I want
1: to do I, anyone I, else? Know, what I mean by do
0: Seinfeld is like you... I could be more normal. It's
1: not in my heart to be normal. I know, I know. I just, the, the real me is like doing these, you know... Testing people, poking, prodding them, you know, making them think I'm not funny and then suddenly being funny. Mm-hmm. or drawing them I like drawing people into my world against their will.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but they, the old people they don't have it. They don't have a will left. They don't have the will. They're ready to die. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. And, and like 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 they they don't have the time to right. to give like it's like it's like if they're not right. liking you it's right. like all right well I've only got so much time left yes. on this earth. Why am I spending it listening to this True. crazy But and also <laughs> they're
1: from another era where the sense of humor is a bit different too, you know. People
0: have a very specific idea of what yes there's like it it is interesting and there's definitely something i noticed on tour was like people have a very it's always weird to me i think when i'm performing and someone doesn't like me when i'm trying to like make them like me because i'm like what did you what do you think i'm gonna do anyway i feel like i'm doing a pretty standard thing what did you come here for right What's the thing you like that I'm not giving you?
1: And then also what bothers me at Edinburgh last year, the name of the show, that show was Alabel talking about his name for 50 years. I'm doing the show. I'm 15 minutes in and this one guy is just staring at me with a mean, you could see the face was not, he, <laughs> he wasn't just not laughing. He was hating. Yeah. He, he was an Alabel hater. And, uh, I kept looking at him and thinking, Finally, I finally had to say something because there was only 15 people in the room. And so the energy I was, and it's a very well-lit audience room, so I can't avoid looking at him and seeing <laughs> And he's depleting my energy and confidence. It's getting to me. So I finally stopped and I said, uh, I'm guessing you don't really like this joke, this show? And he goes, yeah, I don't. I go, well, you saw the sign. Alibel talks about his name. Is that a surprise to you? He goes, well, I didn't expect this. I go, it's <laughs> in the sign. <laughs>
2: and,
1: I, <laughs> and then I said to him, he was right by the door. He's sitting there right by the door. I said, you know, you can feel free to leave. You know, there's not, it's a free show. You know, you don't have to donate it at the end. And feel free to leave. You can go right now. It's okay. Because I, I wanted him to go to get rid of that energy. And so leave. I said, you can go right now. He goes, I don't want to. <laughs> I said, he goes, no, it's okay. And then, so I go back to the act. He's still not laughing. 10 minutes later, he walks out. (laughs) (laughs) What did he think was going to change? No, he didn't want to be told to leave by me. He didn't want, he he wanted out, Bell Bell throwing him out. Yeah, yeah.
0: He 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 hated me so He wanted to decide on his own. Yeah. He He wanted to have enough of it on his own. Yeah. He hadn't had enough yet.
1: Right, right, (laughs) right, right. Well, he'd had enough. Well, I think he'd had enough, but- Me asking him to leave and him giving in to me is too much.
0: Yeah. He wanted, I think maybe he was so angry at how you had ruined his day with this act that he's like, well, I'm going to ruin your day too by staying Mm. until the moment where I feel like it'll ruin your day more by leaving.
1: That's true. (laughs) Although, you know, now that I look at it, I think there could be, I'm scared to think there could have been another reason he liked the show. Didn't like the show. It could have been, he loved the concept of Alubel jokes. He thought they just could have been better Alubel jokes. (laughs) 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 That's frightening, but I doubt that's the case.
0: (laughs) Of all your shows, do you have a favorite one you've done? Is it the Alubel talks about his
1: name? Yeah, but it's not because I think it's the funniest. You know, it's like, it's a weird combination. It's like other shows I think have had more legitimate humor in them. Uh, but it's the concept con- the concept of the Alabelle show, the concept that I'm just going to do. And I love right... Well, I don't want to give the joke away on the air here, but there's a joke you I do. Do the
0: joke. Do the joke. I can do it? Yeah.
1: Well, I said, I know this joke. I know this show. Is Alabelle talks about his name for 56 minutes and about something else for four minutes. And this is right when there's like five minutes left in the show. Mm-hmm. Or, I go, but in all honesty... I couldn't think of anything else.
2: <laughs>
1: and that gets a really good laugh because I've done 55 on my name.
0: Do, do you I, just end right there? No,
1: I do three, four minutes, more minutes on my name.
0: On your name. Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> Is everyone, everyone, it's, it's a great hook because people come. Right. Because they, what's the four? They're what's coming the for four? the four. What's the four? <laughs> they come,
2: they stay for the
0: 55, but they come for the four and then you right. take the four away from right. them. But you know what I found? Do you feel like people look disappointed when they find out there's no four minutes on something else?
1: I don't think so. Well, you know, I don't know, but I'm guessing not. Because I first of all, I know I'm not disappointed. <laughs> 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 because you know what? I mean, I really thought about doing something, maybe a non Alu Bell joke, but I've got this ball this ball of steam. What's this, momentum going? It just seems like a complete insane violation to just talk about, you know, no parking signs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels horrible like yeah. uh, like hideous to do that cuz I was actually thinking at one moment during that show let's okay let's do that I, I can't do that in this show so the reality is yeah so uh, but that's my you know I I don't know if it's the funniest because there are, uh you know the people are also laughing at the absurdity of me continuing with mm-hmm. this so that's part of it
0: And do you feel like the jokes have like better like lulls and yes.
1: peaks yeah, there are. And I like that because they kind of lull a little and then I do it different. Then I start singing my name, you know, and I change the energy <laughs> and I start doing. I've learned in that hour how to change, you know, have audience involvement with my name, you know, different ways to change the energy. Because I found, yeah, I can't just do the typical just cerebral thing, da, 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 constantly. I have to change energy. You have to move. There's some jokes where I move around. That changes the energy. And that's what was the great thing about doing the hour in Edinburgh. I learned these things that I needed to keep the thing alive. And would you
0: say that over the course of the month of doing the show in Edinburgh, it was at its best by the end?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I just got more confident and more knowledgeable.
0: Now, do most reviewers review the show? He was
1: right towards the end. He was right towards the end, which is is, ideal in a way, but also bad. But also bad because he
0: could have written a good review about the show and people would have come and seen it.
1: Yeah, but you know what? Oh, this kills me. This became an opening line in my act, though, actually. I'm trying to remember what the joke is now. But the first night of the show, the first night, it was three p.m. First, <laughs> <laughs> the
0: first three p.m. Right. of people watching you talk about your name for right. an hour. But the
1: show only had two people, mm-hmm. two people in the audience. So you know who those two people were? Reviewers. I yeah. told them to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I said, I said, I look, I just feel weird doing a show for just two reviewers. Like I think it's not going to be a good thing, you know, because you're not seeing a real audience react, and I was afraid to get bad reviews. And they were both not happy about it. They both, one said, I don't know. I said, well, out in the hallway after I ended it. I mean, I said, she goes, well, I go, are you okay with this? She goes, well, I'm from a very big publication. And I don't know, honestly. And then the other one said, no, I'm not coming back. And I started a coffee shop later. And she said, no, I'm not coming back. And they're from big places. You know, if they, like this guy gave me a great review with no audience. I might've gotten great reviews from them on day one. Yeah. And gotten big crowds from that, you know, but I was too afraid fear hit me like no audience. They're going to review. They're going to give me a better view. Oh, I go right to the negative all the time. The negative took over the worst possible thing. Two horrible reviews. Do I want to, you know, I'm looking at the negative instead of the positive. What if they love it? Right. So but it became I
0: feel a, that. I feel I'd feel weird. I'd feel weird about doing my act
1: you? for two people. Yeah. Well, you know, it's especially
0: f- two people that are just reviewers.
1: Yeah, but you know something? That's the reason I let the guy from Chortle do it towards the end. I learned my lesson. I thought maybe I made a mistake and it really helped me, I guess, because I said to myself, yes. He said, Do you want to do this? Because they said he's uh, the
0: one. It's funny. The first time you told them no, and yeah. see, it's, it's the it's the contradictory nature of you. He's like, you don't have to do this. i like, no, let's do it. No, yeah, but and they're like, you should do this. And you're like, I don't want to. No, right, it's <laughs> true. No, so, but it wasn't
1: so much a so contradictory. I'd learned my lesson on the first mm-hmm. one because I told my friend Will. Will Mil- Mil- Mar is a very funny British comic. I told him, what he take, you shouldn't have done. You should have let them review it. You know, they, they they they're on your side more when there's no audience. They'll probably give you a better review than they would have if there's an audience because they're on your side. They know what you're going through. So when he said that, I thought, oh. Well, what a mistake! So when, <laughs> when this Chortle guy was there, I was ready to say yes immediately because <laughs> I learned my lesson. Because he said to me, there was only him in the audience. I didn't know who he was, and I go, he goes, you want? I go, you want to do this? I go, yeah, let's do it. He goes, well, you, you probably don't know me. I'm from Chortle. I go, that's fine, that's fine. So uh, I, that's why I did it because I learned my lesson. But I created a joke out of the first one. Uh, my opening line became: These two women from different publications came. And there was no audience, just them. And, and I asked them not to... I said, I'm not gonna, I'd rather not do the show. I'm afraid of getting bad reviews. Because my fear was like, you know, what are, what are each of the reviewers going to say? What How are they going to review the show? They're going to say, well, the other reviewer didn't seem to like it either. <laughs> 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 and that's a good opening joke for me. So I got a joke out of it for my act, for the show in Edinburgh.
0: Um, okay, so interesting. I, I, I want to... I, Based on something you were saying earlier, um, you don't you you don't sit down and write
1: sometimes I did I, I mean I remember I was inspired by Seinfeld for a while, like you know years ago, when I heard that he writes every day for an hour in the morning, and so I started doing that, like every day I'd write for an hour for a while. Did you get good stuff out of that? Usually you know a little, but usually it was no. And then, usually later on in the day, if I looked at those notes, I can improve on it. You know, I could just, it's like I'm getting a lot of my ideas out that are bad. And then I could see how I can kind of improve on the joke. Sometimes, uh, I remember one time I was in a writing phase. This is probably like 2001 or something. And I remember I wrote a joke actually while writing that turned out to be a really good joke. I just sat there and wrote it. And the joke was. I'm scared to, you may have seen me do this before. I'm scared to get big muscles. You see these weightlifter guys, they get really big muscles, but their veins bulge out too. They get these big, bulgy veins. So what good is that? I work out, I get really big. I'm not afraid to fight a really big guy, but if a small guy comes at me with a pin. <laughs> yeah, and I just wrote that. So that came out of a writing thing. But in general, it's like I'm writing crap and then later on, if I review it, I could start to see where there's something there. Mm-hmm. But I've learned also for me, writing is walking. When I'm walking, walking, yeah, and I have a tape recorder with me because, of course, I don't listen to the tape recorder. <laughs> but uh, it gets dopamine going. The act of movement mm-hmm. gets the dopamine neurotransmitters going. Showering uh, too. Yeah, showering too. But I usually don't. I take cold showers in the morning mm-hmm. for health purposes because I don't want to die. And I've col- not, you've been showering more. Only because it's cold showering. For I don't want to die. Not because I'm trying to be hygienic, but, uh, but that's it, a benefit.
0: It. It. it, it you, you. I know.
1: I used to have a problem with that. You I You do wasn't smell
0: showering. significantly. You don't smell at all.
1: Thank you. I know. And I, uh, I used and, to. Right? And it was a problem. Yes, and you know why? That was depression. In fact, it was
0: the it was the it was the biggest it was the biggest turnoff to being out with you in public was uh, was the
1: smell. And can you imagine those people that watched the documentary and then had no hated me and had no idea they weren't even smelling me?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we had four D showings where we added your musk. We added we'd like spray that would have your musk been in excellent. the room. That's a great idea.
1: That's a good idea. Four D. I think that could get some people seriously. Can you? Do do a thing with a smell coming out Me, of the bottled projector?
0: your smell yeah your musk you what know? about
1: that i think that could be a really good gimmick <laughs> what do you think about that
0: i think it's a terrible idea why it's like not only uh, watch this movie and also smell homeless people. we just we don't even add your musk. we just bring a homeless guy in right. towards when you but show it up wouldn't it. be
1: my smell
0: <laughs> no, similar the smell called
1: the smell of Bell. the
0: smell of lubel alu smell Alu Smell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's your cologne. Alu, right. Alu Smell. <laughs> but yet, <laughs> right, but that was uh, my depression, really. I was warned about that. People told me. You guys, you never told me. That was, I definitely told you. You did? Okay. I told you regularly. Really? That I smelled? Yes. I don't remember that. But you know who used to be my manager 15 years? I, I feel horrible admitting this, but I think I'll do this because I'm closer to death and uh, I might as well leave people with some truth. The, uh, yeah, I was, I got, compl- my manager told me he was getting some complaints. So I smell <laughs> and it was depression on my part, you know, just sadly depression. I think honestly, uh, it was the, honestly, like everything else I've said is a lie. The, uh, <laughs> the, uh, being, feeling I was trapped into a relationship with my mother. So that was 2006 say. So my mother always wanted to hear from me. You were smelling in 2006. Yes. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, So feeling trapped in a relationship. And look, I don't want to badmouth her too because I really do love her, you know, but uh, the bottom line is she wanted to hear from me. She had to hear my voice. She was addicted to me. Have to hear your voice. I have to know you're okay. And it wasn't a kind of thing like- So it was
0: kind of, uh, interestingly, it was back and forth. Because you also had to know she was okay. Yeah. Like you like growing up, you had the constant like the you have the OCD tapping on the yeah, wall yes, story because yeah. you were like worried that she was gonna yeah, die was, if you didn't tap on the wall. But I grew out of that. You grew, <laughs> <laughs> but like there was this there was this mutual. You were worried that she was gonna die. Yes. She was worried that you were gonna oh, die. Oh was yes, horrible. You wanted her to die, but then you also didn't want
1: her to die. Yes. <laughs> well, no. As a kid, I never wanted her never, to die. Never, I was Never. Just terrified it? of her dying. Mm-hmm. But when I got older, part of me wanted her to die, but Also, no, because I couldn't imagine living on a planet without my mother. Yeah. You know, but- uh, How's it been? Good. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you can't knock something until you try it. (laughs) But the bottom line is with my mother, I mean, I, she just, I resented. She had to hear from me. And I was always scared, like- You know, to not call her enough because I didn't I thought she'd have a heart attack and die. That was the fear because I didn't call her. That was the message she sent out to me. I have to hear your voice. So I felt like this drug addict is dependent on hearing me. And I resented having to call her to keep this lady alive. Like I'm I'm a drug to this lady. I resented it. Trapped. And so I think that honestly led not directly to me smelling. But it led to my depression, which led to me not giving a fuck if I smelled or not, because I'm, I'm trapped in a horrible relationship with my mother, because I couldn't kill her. You know, another person would be, not literally kill her, but I couldn't not call her and think of the agony she was in. I just couldn't do that to her. On the other hand, calling her all that, that every once a week to report in felt like I never really left her. I never really grew up. Once like a week? Like you said, I still, once, she wanted once a week, Yeah, and she sometimes would, yeah, once a week was too much for me. I just, I'll tell you, the longer I went without talking to her, hey, listen, I think. Let me the, just say this to be fair, the longer I went without talking to her, the more alive I came. If I could go two weeks without calling her, I felt more alive. I kept feeling alive. And the second I had to make that call, I felt like death. And it went all the way back to zero.
0: I mean, I i, I hear what you're saying. I do feel it, it, the, the it, uh, it does feel like a certain amount of, um, I feel pressure, too. I think, again, I think that's, like, a thing that's very relatable about the film is that there's a lot of people. I think a lot of people feel very similar to the way you feel, but they, like, would never express that because... You know how much they care about their parent, and then they hear you express, and like that's horrible. But like, like this is this is maybe one of the number one things I hear like from people that watch the documentary. They go, "I got to the mother part of like this guy is an asshole." Then I started thinking is he an P- asshole? Right, right.
1: <laughs> well, the thing is I must say the way it happened was because I got so used to talking about her in my act, making jokes about her. So I already broke myself in to talk about her, but in my act, I can't really get truly angry without punchlines. Mm-hmm. But then suddenly in a documentary, I can't.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one
1: You're thing. you really unloaded. Yeah. I unloaded. But you know, the other thing is I was also in a horrible state during this documentary. I was completely broke. I wasn't driving Lyft yet in the beginning. Right. So I had no money. I was on food stamps and I was on what are you they
0: were c- living on Gail's couch, couch, bed. couch the I, bed I had in, brought my
1: own bed into yeah. her room <laughs>
0: but yeah living <laughs> on her you bed. were Dick Van Dyke you're living like right. like Dick. Dick Van Dyke right. in the room with Gail right I always regretted that I only got a shot view on the bed next to the bed but you never saw the two Gail beds. in the bed next to you I always thought that would have been uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I always right. thought like, oh, man, that probably would have been funnier Right. see you mean you. me in my bed and her and, and, her, her, bed? and her bed that's true also, like, like there was such a there was such an aesthetic to the beds. You had this ratty sheet on yours, mm-hmm. All right. and like, like you know, it wasn't even a comforter. It was just like a. Right. It was like a, just a sheet. Yes. And then Gail had like the, the nice. Oh sure. Comforter. She That's probably a good couldn't point. Afford a-
2: <laughs> right. That's
1: a good point. But uh, yeah. So yeah, but the thing is, so I was totally broke. Dry, not. Dry. I had no money, and the little money I had was, you know, the whatever the food, you know, the the uh, welfare thing, and the. So I was completely depressed. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't get stand-up work, and just very rarely, occasionally, and I was really, really depressed. So I was in that mood of uh, feeling helpless, and that's where a lot of the anger came out of my mother. Like if I was doing better, I might not have been that angry at her in the car and in, in the in the video. You well, know? I
0: think that was, you know, part of. <laughs> I've always said, like, uh, again, again, the the benefits, the 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 saving grace of your life, the thing that keeps you. I thought I thought about this, the thing that really keeps you from being out on the street. Is you're great at writing jokes.
1: Again, you don't think the delivery's so good. And,
0: no, the delivery is <laughs> great.
1: No, you're, but you're right. I can get low. I can get low on the voice, but I'm proud. The, the, I that's, opted the only, the-
0: that's the only delivery criticism okay. I have is when you're is when you're not speaking loudly enough. But yeah, no, your delivery is brilliant because, like I've said, you do you have ways of 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 making people laugh that are unlike anything anyone else is able to do and it's mm. so much of it's in the delivery
1: what, what, what way am I able to make people laugh in a different or way it's
0: not even so much that like nobody can do it but nobody thinks to do it like needs. what
1: give me an example of how I'm the getting...
0: singing bit at the beginning oh, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> and like like the way you you know you're fearless and shameless in the way you get so loud at certain points right, and right. in people's face right. and you do make everyone uncomfortable right. and then start acknowledging that you're making everyone uncomfortable ball mm, right.
1: uh, <laughs> I see. Okay. Uh, you, had,
0: you had a new one was it a new one
1: um don't say my joke on the air fear
0: of public showering
1: yeah that's uh that's not a new i don't think i've had that in that bit for a while okay but let me say that what you're saying about me my ability to write jokes my shrink said that to me 30 years ago so just what you said he goes you're very lucky you have this ability to be funny. I think that's it's, not even, exa- it's
0: not even the ability to be funny, transcendently funny. If right. you weren't transcendently good at what you do, there are not as many people that would go out of their way for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you are, you are, you are great at comedy. That's as a survival skill. It's like, right. it's like, it's like possums that play dead. You tell jokes.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I, you know, I, re- I read this biography about Bill Evans who was addicted to heroin and mm-hmm. he would like get into debt to drug dealers and and um and uh, other musicians would like pay off his debts and mm-hmm. keep him alive cuz like you can't have him break his hands. Right,
1: right. He's right. Bill <laughs> Evans.
0: If he was just a heroin addict, <laughs> right.
1: they'd let
0: him break his hands. Oh, who gives a shit?
1: Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I am. I got to be lucky. I guess I am good at comedy, and I'm glad I am. Yeah, right, because I'd be screwed if otherwise I get these people, talented people like you that help me because I'm good at
0: it. You're – there. if you took away the comedy (laughs) – that documentary, people would be like. There are some people already that ask me why the fuck did you do this. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> take away, take away your your comedy chops. What would people be saying to me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Reminds me of uh, Bartleby the Scrivener. Did you ever read that book? Dano gave me the book. I've been reading it lately by the guy that wrote Moby Dick. What's okay, that name, uh, he Herman uh, Melville? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not, I only have 10 pages left. It's brilliant Short yeah, story. I'm sure it is. He's a brilliant writer. But the whole premise is, I haven't finished the book yet, but it seems like this guy offers virtually nothing, Bartleby, and the guy doesn't fire him. That's ironic that I'm reading this book that's... Well, why the other did one, the, of quiz Dano the, gave me the, that the book. The other one, Oblomov... I haven't read this. That's another Herman Melville? No, 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 no. It's,
0: uh, I forget, it's a Russian writer. Um, not, not, Nabi- not, not, not Nabokov. No, not Nabokov, not Tolstoy, not uh, Dostoyevsky, right. somebody else. But Nabokov, uh, uh, Oblomov, it's about a guy, he's like, he won't get out of bed.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, the great. first
0: like half of the book is him in bed and he needs to do these things, but he can't. And everyone asking him to do it, he can't get himself out of bed. That sounds excellent.
1: Uh, I got to read that. Okay, I'm going to read that. Um, That Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In bed.
0: I've thought thought about trying to adapt it. Um, Oh, into a film. Yeah, because I like the idea. I just want to adapt the first half while he's in bed.
1: Right, and there's not many on-location shoots. What I mean I'm just and there's not like you don't have yeah to have, yeah 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 you're no in I, bed, it'd be great to
0: like get like a nice old Russian location right but then be able to just stay in that that's location. that's what I'm saying you don't
1: do, have to have different also
0: locations. the other part the other reason these are the two reasons I'm interested in adapting it hmm. that and then there's this painting I'm blanking on the name of the painting and hmm. the painter but they use the painting as the cover of the book it's like a famous painting and the guy in the painting looks identical to me. Wow, incredible. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm like oh, I could be the, that's supposed to be the guy in the painting from the book. I should uh, I should do this. <laughs> you mean should, in the
1: painting that's supposedly the guy in the but Yeah, I'll, the bed. I'll post I'll post it on the video link yeah, okay. for this. Um Yeah, uh, I'd like to read that, but that sounds like a great book. Yeah. It's a great it's a great book. Yeah, sure yeah, it's, it's very funny. It's like yeah.
0: a, it's like a Russian comedy and <laughs> like the pre uh and like you know before communism. Okay. Um, 1800s.
1: Okay, thanks. I'll, I'll check it. Out. That's why I think I'm getting a little better, maybe because like I put all, I've had this Bartleby book. He gave it to me like three years ago, Dan, mm-hmm. and I never read it but I just started a few days I'm like slowly like pushing myself to do a little something different than instead of my ritual nothing <laughs> your yeah.
0: ritualistic nothing
1: yeah. I, mean, yeah I mean I'm different than that bed guy only in the sense I'm in bed a lot you know a lot of times I get I'm in bed for 14 hours 16 hours and I'll get actually like 9 hours of sleep out of the 14 because I have an aura ring that tracks my sleep you know <laughs> my bottom well, I remember one day with the worst I think I told you maybe in the documentary how does
0: the little ring know when you're sleeping because and not it's just got lying these down. sensors
1: it's got, well, it's got these, sensors. it can tell by your heartbeat and your rhythm. You have and a all. different it's,
0: heartbeat when you're sleeping? I guess you
1: do. Yeah. You these sensors at the bottom, it, you can look, it really works. It. And, uh, but anyway.
0: I love Al, Al uh, <laughs> will constantly complain about how much his lift cost, you know, from from the gym, from Equinox to-, no, to I'm no longer with Equinox. No, no longer. He used to be with Equinox. Yes, yeah, but I would never to, take a- To Erewhon. Le- yeah, but no, no <laughs> I don't think i go You're from, going to Erewhon. I did go from Equinox. You never to complained to me about how much Erewhon costs.
1: Food is very important. I'm Jewish. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, <laughs> the but the Jews complain about the cost I, of food. But I would get very little at Erewhon. The key is to not get much. <laughs> they used to have a salad bar there. They uh, it helps you of with of COVID. Your, it
0: helps you with your intermittent fasting because you get to air one and you can't afford anything.
1: Right, that's true. <laughs> well, not really that because I'm still eating, so I'm breaking the fast. I'm kidding, I'm making no, a joke. But Thank it's got to be based on reality. <laughs> yeah. But they used to have a salad bar, but COVID, they got rid of it. But I used to get little, just a little tuna fish and a little, You could for five bucks, I can make a decent little salad, air one. And everyone thinks, oh, air one, five bucks all I spent. But now they don't have that salad bar anymore.
0: Uh, okay, I just want to end. We should wrap this up because you got to okay. get to flappers. Okay, um, you, you can't you can't see him at flappers because this won't be released in the next hour. Right. So, uh, but although uh,
1: someone watching this may have gone to flappers that I'm going to be at right now.
0: Well, I want, I want to just, just, uh, give like a little bit of an inconclusion to the thing I was talking about with regards to the fact that people, you know, do go out of their way for you because you're transcendently good at being funny. And I think in part of it is the injustice that they see. They see an injustice <laughs> that you need this help. And it's like their slight way of righting this wrong mm-hmm. is giving you this help you need. Right. Because I guess they feel largely- Who is of- they? You and Dano. And, other, and, and and Dan Schickler. I and, have to
1: get back to him. And, I feel hard. I have not gotten back. And like,
0: Gail and Bob and, right. and everyone oh, else who's gone out of their way to keep you afloat in your life.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: There's lots of people. Yeah, you, you're right. You Those talk about me. it in the documentary, right. uh, people going wildly out of their way for you.
1: I talk about that. I want that.
0: There is there is no way I would have done anything I did if you weren't transcendently
1: good at telling jokes. Oh really? Well, <laughs> well thank you. That's true. Well, I guess I got Dano lucky. too.
0: Right, right. I as believe. much as Dano's uh, a right. pushover, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> there's no way he would have gone this out of his way. Mm. Of you know, people feel people feel there's a sense of injustice that. Uh, well, now
1: I feel a lot of pressure because I just hope I keep my sense of humor. Well, yeah, what yeah. But if I but lose I, it, then I'm but, screwed.
0: But you get to be well. You know, I still think we should we we should make this special, and hopefully, I can weasel my way into Edinburgh somehow, right. and then we can uh, work yeah, on it yeah. together. And at the end, you know, I think ideally, and tell me if you feel this way as well. It's like you said, you haven't been performing as much lately, right? Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, after the documentary, another thing, you started getting back up at the cellar after the documentary.
1: Yes, that's right. That helped me there.
0: And you started getting like a bunch of spots.
1: Right, you're right. That and did then since me. the
0: documentary has been down. So if you're yeah. a number of spots at the cellar. That's right.
1: <laughs> you're right.
0: Um, which is why maybe- you know, I don't think to, that's the reason. Time to make a special, get the special out there. That does yeah. well. As start getting getting those spots again. I'm tired of the cellar. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of which, s- spots anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But uh, what was I What was I saying? shit i forgot now Mm. what was
1: i saying getting people helping me everyone's looking uh, because i'm good comedy uh, good at comedy people are always looking to help me
0: Oh well, I mean, people probably still help you. I, mean, I don't think this is where I was getting at, but people probably still help you as like you know the former, the former great comic Al Lubell. Feel you know people like sending Jill Lewis money when he was <laughs> destitute. <That's laughs> Bert, uh, who one of the people who came to the to the show at Accidental Chaos the other day. I was talking to him after the show. He's a comedian. He's a huge fan of yours. And mm. he was you know, saying to me as well that he feels very much like, and essentially always my feeling, that you're sort of this Van Gogh of comedy. Mm. A guy who's doing doing real pure. I, I, I mean, I still stand by there. I think there are people who are really funny and that you elevated into something different than anything I see anybody do.
1: That was his friend of mine suggested, why not get you to be my manager?
0: You'd me to be your manager? Yeah. They Cause said, Cause I don't want to. Why? <laughs> why I, told- I already am your manager, Al. <laughs> who else is, who else, who, who else helps your career? Because as much he as said, me. you
1: could really help push me because you like me. So you need, when you when I tell him he probably doesn't have the time you know you're invested in being yeah, a stand up comic m-
0: and film and and,
1: uh, yeah.
0: I, and I do I am your manager I get you <laughs>
1: well you need to be better at it yeah 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 or you're gonna work. fire me <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: because I
1: need someone pushing me that really because like I don't push myself I'm not good at it and I don't want to I don't you know so and yeah I do think I'm pretty good and I think I should have more exposure more things happening it would be good if I had a good manager that really took you know but I don't have those Big people with all the connections, right? So, uh, you know, and I granted you've really gotten me what I couldn't get myself, but. Maybe there's someone. Maybe you know someone with really good connections that. Because uh, I, I do have the goods. It's sad. I the got good. the
2: goods. <laughs> you know. You get up there. I mean, I, hey, I, I hate
1: saying that. I feel egotistically.
0: Like yeah, saying but that. When you, but when I see mean, you, when I see you at the seller, good. I mean, like you know, those times, those times I went to the seller with you, you crushed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think I saw you have even a mediocre. Set well, I guess the thing is, the it's
1: my. I've been lazy. I need to create my own projects. Yeah. People come, a lot of comics do. They create their own project. They don't just do stand up and hope someone discovers them. You know, I've just been lazy. Well, I, think, I need I to create the, my the own logical, The
0: logical next thing is your manager slash <laughs> slash documentarian, biographer, filmmaker is doing a special. I think All if right. there's something mm-hmm. online for people to see right. to build mm-hmm. a fan base that that gets popular. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure if you had a special out there, there would be more comics would be sharing that than shared the documentary. Mm hmm. Some of them are weird about it, mm. <laughs> but I think they'd love to be like, check out this guy's special. Okay. Maybe. And I'll then, uh, you get enough views on that. Suddenly you're,
1: uh, okay. Maybe I'll do that.
0: I so said, we should do that next. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's, we'll, we'll leave this on Al. Thank you for coming and doing the podcast. Thank maybe him. one day we'll start, uh, our podcast over zoom. The, maybe. Josh right. and Al talk about Al's little problems or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> something all about Al. And I don't okay. know. Okay, something, maybe. something. We'll, but this will come out soon. Okay. And uh, do you have anything to promote Al? No. You're at he's at Flappers tonight. But, uh, right. It'd be
1: too late. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think I have anything. And then he's
0: in New York, sometimes at the cellar, sometimes at Broadway Comedy Club, sometimes just Sheba. Oh, oh, and, uh, uh, and Mason's room And, and, and uh, uh, last yeah. thing, you know, um uh after the my, – my, my, my ad for the show, after the, um, after the documentary came out, I produced a show at the Hollywood Improv that I featured and had Al headline, and then I later turned that show into a show based off of that called Undiscovered Genius. You may notice I'm wearing right. the shirt right now, so I wanted to give you uh, one of the Undiscovered Genius – all right thank you very much what size uh, large but i can give you a different size if you'd rather have something else okay thank you uh thank you Al, for doing the show and uh thank you for tuning in and i'll have my next episode whenever i get to it